You're listening to the Unstoppable E-Commerce Podcast. I'm Karen Parkinson. And I'm Megan Winter. It takes more than a great product, a pretty website, and some social media to have a successful online store. But you've probably already figured that out. So after a decade each in the industry, we thought it was about time we shared our knowledge, experience, and wisdom with you so you can sell more on your online store. In today's episode, Karen is talking to Kate Cawson all about how she grew and then sold her business, Wild Island Co. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's dive in. So Kate, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's great to have another Tassie chick on the podcast, actually. Yes, absolutely. Being one of Tassie's success stories that we're going to talk about today. Uh, but to start with, just tell us a little bit about the journey leading up to Wild Island Co and sort of how you came up with the idea. Yeah, sure. So Wild Island Co is a, we create wild wearing gender neutral clothing for the whole family. We started the brand about just over three years ago. And I was on maternity leave with my daughter and had noticed that there was a lot of quite gender stereotyped clothing around. Yeah. Was one of the elements that I, I'd noticed growing up, you know, with a with a daughter and kind of recognizing that I didn't really want those to be the values that defined her. I felt felt like I wanted a girl to be able to run around and and do all of those adventurous things and not kind of feel restricted by wearing the pretty dress yeah you know not that that's like that's completely fine some of the time but not having to have rockets and and trains and barbies and all of that yeah yeah but the other big element of starting the brand was that we'd spent some time in Europe and traveling and had spent quite a lot of time thinking about what our family life was and what we wanted it to look like and you know and with starting a family when we'd come back to Tassie, which is, you know, this wild outdoor, beautiful place that we that we absolutely love, we'd kind of thought through, we really want to have this outdoor adventurous family lifestyle and that's really important to us. And, yeah, I wanted to create a way of enabling families to have more of those everyday outdoor adventures, like that I don't have to be these kind of multi-day camping trips and that kind of thing, but just an ability to have to have more of those everyday adventures. So I thought, well, what's a product that can help people with that? And, you know, wild wearing clothing is a way of being able to put something on in the morning that looks great and that you're happy to wear to the cafe and be seen in and all of that, but yeah. that is also going to withstand rolling down the hills and climbing the trees and, you know, really great quality um, and being able to be passed down between brothers and sisters through in the wash and, and, you know, wear again and again and and just as a way of creating that ability to have that outdoor lifestyle. So that's part of the reasoning for starting the brand. Yeah, I love that. And it really was a recognizable, or still is, a recognizable brand around Tassie. So I know you sell Australia wide, but going yeah. around, you'd see somebody in, and I love that you have the matching adults and kids, and you'd see someone in like one of your wool jumpers or something. And they yeah. go, oh, that's a Wild Island Co. And the quality was so nice. And I think, you know, it's a testament to you. There's bringing out a brand, and then there's bringing out a really top, high quality product. It's a lot harder to do. 
and, you know, to create one that people can see it and know that that's your brand because of the quality that's involved and, you know, the design and the branding and things like that. But how did you actually go about sourcing such top quality apparel? Yeah, good question. So my my husband had actually been involved with working with some others who had built and sold online brands. So that was a little bit of an element of um, how we got into this. So we had a little bit of background of how to do some of that. But we actually found our manufacturers through Alibaba. Okay. And that sort of sounds simple, but it was a pretty in-depth process of talking to a whole lot of different manufacturers and really having a lot of conversations and a lot of people would, manufacturers would either just say, yes, this is the product that I make and you can put your brand label on it and that's done. Mm-hmm. And we're like, no, no, we want something that's completely custom. We want to be able to design it and have everything, you know, change the sizing, change change everything about the product. Mm-hmm. And, you know, others, their English wasn't great or whatever. So we reduced it down to a much smaller list and then got samples from a bunch of different um, And you tried a few different sort of supplies then? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we had a few different products and so in each case we kind of had one product that came back that was terrible. Oh, no. (laughs) And, um, you know, like the print, this mountains print was printed upside down. Oh, goodness. It was navy (laughs) and it ended up this like bright school blue colour and and the fabric was lost in translation. I was like, okay, there are no. Um, And then, you know, but then we got other manufacturers who it was, you know, the product was really great quality and, you know, because I've done that process of really finding something that was, that they made that was good quality but that just you know, that then we could apply our own things to. So, you know, we'd get something that was kind of 80 or 90% there and kind of go, okay, now we, you know, now we do another round or two of samples to get to where we actually wanted it to be. And so we'd always make sure that as we get samples, we'd go backwards and forwards until, mm-hmm. until we were absolutely happy with the product. And there's so much that goes into that, those, all of those tiny little decisions oh, about the exact zip and the exact colour of the press stud and how tight the press stud goes together or, or the wow. particular, you know, we'd get these big swatch books of fabrics and pick which, which colour that we'd, that we'd want to go with. And So how long was that process from sort of your first designs to actually getting them in stock? Pretty quick. So I was building the brand on maternity leave with my daughter and... Because we all just do these things on maternity leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. All of the things that you that you do when you have all of that time. <laughs> not. Yeah, so I started it when she was about six months old and I launched the brand. We launched the brand the same week that I went back to work three days a week. So that was, wow. yeah, so it took six months of yep. building the brand and sourcing the products and all of that. And through that time, we also went through quite a detailed process of what is the brand and who are we and who's our customer and what's our brand voice and all of that kind of bigger picture stuff which I know that you guys speak a lot about because it's not just about a product yeah it's so important and if you look at your website and your socials like it screams your brand through everything not just you know as you say it's not just about a jumper or an au pair of overalls it's everything else that you read on the website you feel like you're ready to have an adventure if you buy these clothes like it just goes through everything. And I love that. You're obviously really clearly nailed who your avatar is and speak to them really well. Yeah. Thank you. Now tell us, were there, you've already mentioned one, but were there any big hiccups along the way, aside from getting upside down prints? <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think running a business, I have discovered is a bit of a roller coaster and you kind of, you have these really challenging moments and then, and then you have the massive wins and, you know, and everything in between. Like I'm never doing this again. And then you go through a high and go, this is great. And then it's like, no, this is terrible. (laughs) I understand the life. (laughs) Oh yeah. Just different, different complications along the way with, with shipping stuff to us. We had some complications during, um, complications during COVID, like when when we very first had that, the lockdown where, um, we had trouble getting our stock to us and I had had to wait for quite a long time before, um, which sort of planned to launch things at a particular time. And then, and then there was a lot of other ideas and different things. And yeah, at one point we'd shipped with a different, we shipped a different way one time, like through sea shipping, which we'd organized a different way. And and now we do it through a different supplier. But yeah, at one point I was worried that I didn't know where our stock was. And (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, we're going to get it. Is it lost somewhere? Oh, there's all sorts of things that happen along the way. At one point, somebody, you know, different things that happened with social media, like somebody had taken our, um, had come up with a fake account that was almost the same name as ours, but not quite, and had reached out to a bunch of our followers and offered them some competition. This was when I was actually, I think I had like, I had maybe a three-week-old baby. Oh, just what you (laughs) needed. And and I was, you know, trying to organise new products and all this stuff that was happening. And then, and then this thing happened with our social media that was, um, that. And you didn't have enough going on in your life at the time. And I was like, no, it's not us. Unfortunately, that scam's become so common. I feel like anytime someone runs a competition, there's a, fake account that pops up to you know scam all of their entries which is so frustrating yeah so tell us um you talked a little bit about social media how did you get the word out about your brand so you've got this brand new product brand new brand obviously in Tasmania which is a very unique place yeah how did you tell people about it there was a few different ways so very first off I suppose we started we started our social media. We told all of our friends um, and, uh, you know, and all of that. And then, yeah, just slowly built built it up. We we started the brand kind of knowing that we wanted to build it to scale. And so we never, we never started off doing market stalls or making things ourselves yeah. or that sort of thing, which I know is a common story for a lot of people who start something, but we kind of decided we were going to get pretty decent order quantities to start with and set up a good website and great images and uh, and all of that sort of stuff from the get-go. You really backed yourselves in the business and went for it all out straight away. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we've always kind of felt like, well, we may as well start, you know, set something up that's where we plan to be two steps from now yeah. um, rather than doing what you need at that exact moment because it gives yourself room to grow. So we did that from the start and, yeah, started building out our social media. We did a bit of a pre-launch lead-up and then we, yeah, we did a whole lot of the things. We started doing digital ads reasonably early and that was, you know, that was a way of getting out there to different people but also all of the organic social media and and one of the things that worked really well for us and that we've really enjoyed is having a group of brand ambassadors, brand reps 
And we started that program from pretty early on and we've done that every season and got a group of people on board who like the brand and... So they act as sort of influencers online? Yeah, but often they're micro-influencers. You know, some of them some of them might only have a few hundred followers, some of them might have a few thousand. But, yeah, we started with that quite early on, identified some people who were purchasing our products and took really great photos and we said, hey, do you want to, you know, do you want us to send you something for free? Or then we'd started with this brand rep program. We will give the people a 30% discount in exchange for them, you know, being part of this group and sharing their photos with us and talking about us online and, and engaging. And, and then they're part of this brand community as well where they can get to know each other. And Yeah, great. We actually found that was really great because it's this authentic of getting out there and people were actually just genuinely sharing it with their family and friends and followers and and all of that because they're like, oh, I've discovered this really cool brand and do you want to see it? And talking about it with the people that they're actually coming across in the real world as well. Which I feel like works so much better than somebody that's got 100,000 followers and then like just puts out a real pitch, you know, like a real ad type thing. And yeah. talking about it because they're getting paid to talk about it, not because they actually have any genuine interest in the product. So, yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So, and then we set up, you know, we had, we were using Shopify and Clavio and, and those sorts of programs from the start. And so, yeah, as soon as we were getting orders in, we were collecting those email addresses and, and started to send out emails and, you know, and had the sign up to our email list and, you know, different things in that yeah. space. And, oh, we learned. Like it's just been an incredible learning opportunity to go through this process of starting and building, uh, you know, and now selling a brand because there's just so much that you learn along the way. And there's things that you don't realize initially that as you progress and as you figure things out, you realize the things that you don't know and then you go and learn them. And, you know, and I've loved listening to podcasts like yours and others and and just learning a bunch of stuff in this space because, yeah, there's so much in terms of kind of the branding and the marketing and consumer behaviour and mm. and understanding why people do certain things and how just different words or different ways of doing things can can change how people respond. Yeah, well, I looked at your website and you've made some changes since we first looked at it oh, over a year ago now. I remember looking at mm. one of our free audits yeah. and just all the different social proof that you've got on there now and just like the little beautiful icons and, you know, nailing your messaging and things like that. And I saw some nice new graphics on there too. And it's, it's just beautiful. So you've done a great job with that. Yeah, thank you. What was your favourite part about the business? I have really enjoyed the people that we've got to know through it. When I think of what's something that's really great about about running a business, like it's it's really nice to be able to create something that's ours and be able to see it see it out there and see it become something that's that's outside of you. But yeah, also just just getting to know people and seeing having the conversations with people and seeing the impact that you have. You know, like I had a conversation with one of our brand reps at one point, and she was talking about our products, and she was saying, "Oh, every time that I get out." the raincoat and you know the pants like I put them on my daughter and I'm just like right I'm ready for an adventure like yeah so I've really enjoyed getting to know the the people and also the opportunity to get to know other people in business as well has been something that I have really enjoyed along the way it's kind of been an opportunity to um, get involved in some you know local networking events and things like that and also even just all of the communities that are around online mm. that you kind of it's a whole different ball game, and, hey? 
Yeah. And so you get to meet all these people who are doing amazing things and running businesses and, you know, you can learn so much from people that you talk to, but also just, yeah, getting to know people that are doing cool things. I think, you know, as entrepreneurs and business owners and whatever people call themselves, it's such a different lifestyle of working a Monday to Friday, nine to five, where you get to switch off at the end of your shift and you get to sit down on the weekend and not think about your work. Whereas, as you would know, as a business owner, you know, you're thinking about it 24-7. When you lie down in bed, you're like, oh, I've got to do this and that and that. And you try and switch off and we try and have this work-life balance. But so often we're, you know, you live and breathe your business. So finding those people and those communities of people that actually get that and understand that I think is so important. I've got friends that have their own businesses and, you know, that's a whole different understanding to friends that I've got that don't have their own business and I don't think they just quite understand you know those elements of it so it's always important to find those communities to surround yourself with like you said there's so many online now that you can get out to and just chat about what's happening in your business we've got our free group unstoppable e-commerce entrepreneurs for anyone that's looking for you know support with other e-commerce business owners but yeah just finding someone in your local area there's lots of local area groups as well so that you can actually meet up face to face Mm. which is so rare these days but yeah, I think that's really important and such a nice part of your business. Is there anything that you didn't enjoy about the business? No, about didn't enjoy, but I think part of what the challenge has been is just that balance. In some ways, it's it's really great to run a business when you've got little kids because you've got you can have that flexibility, but it also, as you were just saying, it is also something, even if you've set up great systems, which I had, and so you, you know, you don't necessarily need to spend a huge amount of time on business it's still that headspace and you're kind of thinking about it all the time which is fantastic but also challenging when you've got little children that you also want to be involved with and yeah there's some of that kind of a little bit of that always on which was um, trying to be fully present with your kids while you're also trying to you know not think about your business it's a hard yeah yeah exactly because there are you know there's things that you it's important to get back to somebody or it's important to yeah I found that was something that I kind of wrestled with was this idea of part of what we wanted was this you know outdoor lifestyle and all of this and that's part of what we talk about with the brand as well so we're encouraging people to get outside get off your phones all of that Mm. but then we're an online business so you need to be on your phone and you need to be getting back to people and um you know and so that was that was a bit of a challenge one thing um we started actually a while back was this idea of wild and free Saturdays which was we said we don't post on social media on Saturdays we're not on social media on Saturdays and we encouraged our audience to do the same because we were saying like yes we're yes we're an online business but we're trying to encourage this lifestyle and we want to have that lifestyle as well and so go and have an adventure and go and do something. And then if you want to post about it, do that the next day. So that was kind of one of the little ways that we I like that responded to that challenge. Yeah. And I love how you kind of put that out to your customers as well. And, you know, that becomes part of your brand. Like, hey, we're just not around on a Saturday. I really think that's great. Okay. What advice would you give somebody that's looking to start their own fashion label? other than don't do it. (laughs) No, it's not don't do it, not at all. What would I say? I think the important thing that I have worked through with the business and also, you know, with working through selling the business is stop and understand why you want to do something and what your goals are in it, how you want to set up, what kind of lifestyle you want to have, what's important to you in it. 
so that you have you have something to to refer back to and you know in working through this you know wrestle of the decision of whether to sell the business um because that was quite a process given that it was something that you know that we built from the start and and was growing and we're you know I really enjoyed but had some of those challenges in amongst children like that was something that was quite helpful to go back to and think actually what was the purpose why did we start this and what were the goals in it and are we still achieving those goals and is this still the best way of achieving those goals so you have just successfully sold your business well done thank you I know a lot of people will have some questions around this, but talk us through like what did make you decide to sell? Yeah, so when we started it, there was the purpose behind the brand itself, but there was also the lifestyle element of wanting to create a business that was a way of, you know, earning beyond the hourly rate and um, and doing something that we were passionate about and that we, my husband and I started together initially. Um, so something that we could do together and have this flexibility and family lifestyle that was kind of why we started it and then it was growing so like after the like I started it and went back to work three days a week and then after a year of juggling that with a one-year-old I quit my job as a lawyer to focus on the business because it was growing and I was enjoying it and and that was kind of what was you know lighting me up and and all of that and yeah so then over the next couple of years I was focusing on the business as well as our second child that we had as well but through that journey the process of starting a business actually opened a door for my husband to start another business in a completely different field but kind of just you know because we'd just gone through this process of starting a business it opened that door then we got to this point where that was exciting and both businesses were growing this other business of Levi's like absolutely took off. We're kind of like, right, okay, that's, you know, now we've got two growing businesses with two little children. Like we've got a four-year-old and a one-year-old and I'd kind of juggled through that phase of having, you know, a newborn at home under my feet with a, <laughs> running a yeah. business and all of that. And, yeah, we got to this point where we were like, okay, we've got two growing businesses, two little children. We're both on charity board. We are too busy and we don't need to be. Yeah. And we actually started having some of those big conversations and it took quite a long time to figure out what was the right thing because, you know, like it's it's something that we started from scratch and yeah, exactly. And I loved it, but it was also just that juggle and, um, and balance of kind of the headspace and the responsibility of two businesses. I wanted to be able to focus on focus on the kids and we wanted to be able to make a decision that prioritizes what our values are. And so we kind of got to a point where we were like, actually. Going back to that why, why you started. Yeah, going back to that why and and kind of thinking, well, is this still the best way of achieving our goals and is is it still serving us in the way that we wanted it to given the other opportunities and other circumstances that had arisen around it? Yeah, so that was a big wrestle because it was also like a reasonably new business. You know, it was three, we were three years in, it's growing. We kind of had these big dreams of where it was going to go. And hopefully some of that is where the new owner will take it as well. Um, you know, we hadn't ever planned to sell it at that point or as early as that or possibly at all. We had thought that we would run it for a really long time and had planned to, you know, test the waters in Australia and, and build it up here and then possibly take it international oh, yeah, and all of that. But, you know, we were like, well, Actually, we can make a decision that's 
better suits our family life right now. And I thought, well, I have learnt all of this stuff and there's so much value in that journey along the way that I can actually go and start another business another time when it better suits. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't be with you. the kids another time. Like this yeah. is this unique point in time in our family, whereas I can go and start another business another time. So, yeah, so that's that was all of what we wrestled with and then we got to a point where we were like, okay, this is the right thing. Let's start preparing for a sale. And something that was helpful actually at that point as well was that we decided to start preparing to sell the business without necessarily having to kind of lock that in so we could start moving along that journey without. So what did that look like? Like how long did it take from when you decided to sell to actually selling the business? It was probably in maybe April or so that we've decided, okay, that's, you know, we're going to start moving towards towards selling the business. And so we thought, you know, and so then the it, I mean, we're still working through with, with the new over, with some handover, but through until like October. So reasonably quick. But what we did is we thought, okay, what do we need to do to prepare the business for sale to sort of package it up in a way which can show somebody who might want to buy it what the value is in this business what its potential is what are all of the what's all of the objective information about it and what are the things that we can do you know at that point we thought what are the things that we can do over the next few months to get it into the best position to set us up for success um you know if we do sell it both in terms of kind of increasing the value but also increasing the ease with which a new owner would be able to take it on and those sorts of things so so you're happy to share some of those I think there'd be some people out there that maybe are considering selling that would love to know what they could do to sort of get it ready yeah sure so we started with asking a few of the key questions kind of from this from the start which was the why of why you're selling and what's what's most important in that as well because that kind of led into some of the other decisions in terms of is it most important to sell quickly or is the amount of money that you make or is it that you can hand it over to somebody who's going to continue it on so the why and then what's what timing so we kind of worked through okay we'll we'll prepare it for a few months and then um you know seasonally what the best timing is with mm-hmm. a sale we worked through who the likely buyer was going to be and we kind of had a couple of categories of the type of person that we thought that that might be. And that's that was interesting actually because that's I know that that's something that you talk about with business owners in relation to their brand and their business in general. But we we did a bit of that process with who is the buyer oh, business going to be because, you know, it's it makes quite a difference. Where is this person hanging out? What's their background? What's their motivation for buying a business? So all that customer avatar work that you would do on a business, you did on your seller, which I guess yeah, you're selling exactly. something to them. Does that make exactly. sense? And that helped to then decide how and where were we going to list it? Because, you know, if it's a certain broker or a certain online platform might be right for somebody that might not be right for somebody else. Yeah. And then we worked through, you know, what assets would we would we sell? Like what actually is it that we have for sale and worked through what the valuation of it would be and there's some different online tools that were able to help us with that and you know and decided who the how we would list it and yeah so then started setting up some of those things worked on you know making sure that we had really good solid revenue demonstrating the growth of the business having really good systems in place 
we had a lot of good systems in place already. We already had third-party logistics warehouse set up. So when an order comes in, we weren't the one actually packing it. Yeah. It just that just happens. And so I'd already worked through that process. I worked through bringing on somebody that would look after the customer service. So really you were selling a business that didn't need someone to do everything. It just needed somebody to take it on as a business and manage yeah. it and manage the processes that you'd put in place. Yeah, I mean there's still there's still obviously things that you need to do, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, we just we wanted to set up as much as possible that was automated and systemized and that sort of thing. And we already had a lot of those things in place. You know, we had a marketing manager in place who was looking after a lot of the social media and digital ads and some of that sort of stuff. But yeah, you know, I put together our process manual and documented a lot of the things that were otherwise, you know, that might have otherwise been. She's going to have Megan absolutely drooling, you know. (laughs) She (laughs) loves systems and processes and the fact that you put together a manual. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, and it's interesting actually because something that I learned through that process is that the process of preparing the business for sale can actually make it a better business. And as you go along, because thinking through all of those things about actually, if I were to sell this business, and this is interesting, probably for some of your listeners that that are thinking, oh, I don't actually want to sell my business yet. But if you think, well, if you want to sell it at some point down the track, how would somebody want it to be set up? Mm. And some of those things can help it to be better for you when you're running it as well. You know, if you've got more of those automations and systems in place and and you know how things are going to happen and you know and you really focus on some of those objective stats like what's your customer acquisition cost and yeah it would have been a really big dive into all your stats what's your repeat customer rate and what's what's your conversion rate and all of those all of those sorts of things that was really interesting and then yeah so setting up some of those systems you know making sure that we had all the documentation that we were we should have had our legal contracts with different parties started tracking my time a bit more, like having a bit more of an idea of exactly where was where was that time going because that's something mm. that people were interested in when they're looking to buy the business. Yeah, whenever we're looking at a business, we always, if there's a sort of a director working in the business, we kind of count them as if we were going to replace them, we would need two people because they always work twice as hard as any employee would as far as like how many hours they put in and things like that. So we yeah. always value an owner as two people. Right, interesting. Now, you, you don't need to go into specific numbers here, but if you can give us an idea, this would be the big question on everyone's mind. How do you do put a price on a business and how is it valued? As in like which elements are worth things as like you've obviously got your stock and things like that, but a business is not just the price of the amount of stock that you've got sitting there. You've obviously got a lot of IP. You've got your website. You've got your customers already. You've got a social media following so did you put a price on all of those things? Was there a formula you used or? Yeah, so a lot of that all plays in. We used a few different a few different ways of, of valuing it and kind of coming at it from a few different directions to figure out what was the right price. There's some online platforms. One of the, there's a site called Flipper and, a, and there's the Shopify um, exchange marketplace. Yeah, so we'll link up to those in the show notes. And, and kind of get a valuation on your business for free through there or we also spoke to a couple of brokers who were able to give evaluation um I was also speaking with somebody locally and meeting up with with someone who was able to give me some insights as well into the way that a business is often valued and 
the big part of it is your revenue and profit numbers. So all of that other stuff builds into it as well. But generally, there's a lot of different ways of getting there. But ultimately, it's often your profit times a multiplier. Yeah. And the multiplier depends on how systemized and organized and, and all of that business is a lot of the time. Yeah, so okay. the example that this person gave was, you know, you might have a one times multiplier if you've got somebody that everything's in their own head and mm. there's no systems in place and it's not necessarily repeatable revenue and things like that. And then the multiplier goes up depending on how consistent that revenue is or if it's growing and or whether the system's in place that you know whether you've got some employees that that are doing things that and, you know and then and then you get up to bigger businesses that have boards in place and governance and directors of very various different departments and all of those sorts of things and then they might be up at like a 10 times multiplier um so then there's this space in the middle where you figure out where you sit according to where how things are operating Obviously, the more organized you can be and the more systemized your business can be, the better it's going to be for you if you do decide to sell, which you might not be thinking about, as you said, at the moment, but, you know, we never know what's going to come up in the future. So having those systems in place, I think, is a really good idea from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. And then, and so then looking at numbers and then everything else kind of wraps around that because you actually do need to buy that business and see how it all operate. And, you know, it's not obviously just about the numbers. You kind of need that there. But then it's, you know, we put together a um, four-page kind of summary of all of the key points of, of the business. and what this... It was a beautiful-looking prospectus, yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, kind of working through like some key information and some of the branding elements of, the, you know, the photos and the types of and what the points of difference are of the brand, but also, you know, what's involved in running the business so that someone can have a bit of an idea of that and, the opportunities for growth, you know, because it's at a point now, but there's also things that you've got set up that are places that a new owner could take it. And that's something that, you know, people like to know that there's there's opportunities for them to be able to put their own stamp on something and grow it. Yeah. And, yeah, and who it would suit and, and that sort of thing. And then we also put together a just a one-pager of like all of the assets that go with the sale. And that was quite interesting because... An online business is quite intangible in a lot of ways until you start to work through actually what are all the assets. Like I remember talking to my, I told my grandma, who's 94, that we were selling our business. She was like, oh, don't you just put things up on the wide web? What is it that you're actually selling? (laughs) Oh, that's cute. Yeah. And so, you know, so it's kind of listing all of that stuff, all of those things that um, that people have been building in their businesses over that period of time, you know, what their, how many people are on their email list and what their, you know, their social media accounts and, and who they've, you know, this engaged following that they've got on there and the customer data and the relationships that you've got with your suppliers and, um, and your wholesale customers and, you know, and all that sort of stuff the ad accounts, you know, if you're running digital ads, the systems that you've got up there and what your cost per acquisition is and, you know, if you've got that all sort of systemized and ticking along and then you've got all of your marketing and branding assets and logos and product designs and and process documents and, yeah, so there's kind of, there's all of that stuff as well as your actual website. And then stock is kind of separate from, you know, stock is additional then to the business. 
Thank you so much. I'm sure there's so many people listening that may be thinking about selling in the future or might not yet, but obviously now have a bit of an idea of what they might need to do getting it ready. I really appreciate you being so generous with all your tips and information. Now, one last question to finish it off. Would you do it all again? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so not right now. Um, yeah. You know, it's just spend not the time with the kids at the moment. Yeah, it's not the right Enjoy time them. right now. But yeah, it's been an incredible learning opportunity and it's been an amazing experience. And, you know, now I can say, oh, well, I've built a business and created something that's you know, I really love that we've been able to have this vision for something and then build it and create it. And it's, it's something that's real and out there. And then, you know, now it's kind of, we've been able to hand it off to somebody else. And, you know, there's obviously some emotion that goes around with that, but she can take that vision and move forward with it and grow it into different places and, you know, continue with it, but also she'll put her own It's like watching your baby grow from afar now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's great to be able to see that and I'd do it again and there'd be different things that, that, you know, that I would have learnt along the way that then you can take into the next time that you do it as well. For sure. Well, thank you so much. It was so nice to chat to you today and it was lovely having another Tassie businesswoman on with us. And we'll link up in the show notes to uh, Wild Island Co for those who are interested in having a look at the business that you created and we might put your personal Instagram in there too if anyone would like to connect with you and follow along your future journeys and see what you might create in the years to come. Thanks, Karen. Sounds good. Thank you. If you're looking to sell more on your online store, you might like to check out Ecom Igniter, our online training program. Find out more at ecomigniter.com and be sure to join the waitlist to access our special early bird offer.